Do you love Elon Musk? Do you hate Elon Musk? Do you have no idea what to think about Elon Musk? Then we have just the show for you. He's become even more larger than life. Buying Twitter doesn't get us closer to Mars. They are like really close to the edge of like everything falling apart. Like, oh, Elon, I volunteer, put a chip in my brain. Each week on this podcast, we'll break down, analyze, and debate the most important stories on Musk and his empire. It's all one big universe. You just work for Elon Inc. From Bloomberg Businessweek, this is Elon Inc. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio. Hi, everyone. I'm Jason Kelly. And I'm Mike Lynch. And I'm Michael Barr. And this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast, where we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. Well, and guys, we love talking about things that are converging in the world of sports, especially in the world of sports when it comes to business, growing audiences, growing enthusiasm, globalization. We've got the perfect guy to talk about that today. We're talking about the CEO of the Professional Fighters League, Peter Murray. He joins us on the line from New York. Peter, really nice to have you with us. Uh, Good morning, Jason, Mike, Michael. Nice to be here. Well, you know, it's funny. We were talking a little bit before we started recording about the word zeitgeist, and you're a marketer by training. It's a word we throw around a lot uh, at Bloomberg. Hat tip to our colleague Tom Keen, who I, I think it's it's required that he says it once a day. But I mean, this really is a zeitgeisty sport, if that's a word, in in many ways, capturing so much of the ambition and the enthusiasm around sport. Why is that? Well, I, I would say MMA is the number three sport in the world behind soccer and basketball. You have 550 million fans around the world and growing. So it's the fastest growing sport. Um, and half of those fans, the 550 million MMA fans, they are not watching stick and ball sports. Okay, number one. And two, they are the youngest. This is the youngest fan base in all of sports as compared to American football, soccer, even basketball. Baseball, the mean age is pushing 60. NFL, mid-50s. MMA is even younger than the NBA fan base. And and so based on all of those dynamics and the fact that this fan base is not engaging on on other sports, um, you know, it's really led us, my partners and I, our ownership group, and, and my partners three and a half years ago, uh, we, we launched the PFL, and uh, we're doing it with distinction. I believe we timed it right. Uh, we have a differentiated product versus other competitors, uh, and that starts with our sports season format. We're the only MMA organization in the world that presents the sport and gives athletes an opportunity to compete in a win-in-advance regular season playoff and championship format. Uh, and we have a million dollars on the line for, for each winner of their weight class. That's like that's a key differentiator. And then the second key differentiator is innovation. There has been zero innovation in the, in, in the sport of MMA since the PFL launched three years ago. Our cage is a smart cage, proprietary technology integrated into live broadcast and streams, giving fans context on the action, fight analytics, fighter data. And uh, we just announced yesterday how we're going to activate that data, and that's uh, with our partner DraftKings, creating new prop bets, uh, measuring strike speed, measuring kick speed, 
What will be coming is biometric data. So, um, again, we're really excited about uh, our, our position as co-leader in the sport. Uh, once again, we're, we're doing it with a, a world-class ownership group, a top management team that has expertise and credibility, certainly in MMA, but more broadly, expertise in sports, media, entertainment, and technology. And, and uh, we timed it right. And uh, we put all, all of our capital it's, has been put into the product to really light this fan base up and, and set ourselves up for uh, future growth. Well, Peter, anybody that knows me, all you had to say was DraftKings Sportsbook, and I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> and it, 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 this is a, a great marriage for you guys, uh, being the first official sportsbook and daily fantasy partner of the Professional Fighters League. How will that help you boost your product for the public out there? Great question. And DraftKings, we, we, we partner with leaders. That's a big part. I'm a, I'm a brand guy. We're premium. We're innovative. And in everything that we're doing at the PFL, from distribution, we're distributed on ESPN. Again, worldwide leader in sports. Every PFL event is in prime time on both linear as well as digital. And then as you look at the, you know, the, the betting space here in the U.S., we partner with the leader best-in-class DraftKings, and uh, the opportunity there is it's not just monetizing our feed for the data and, and some video and providing sponsorship benefits to, to DraftKings. DraftKings is also a media company. They're a betting company, but they're also a media company, uh, and they're engaging broader sports fans. They're obviously catering uh, to the MMA fan. They, they have a relationship with DraftKings, which is great, and, and we're alongside of UFC, uh, on ESPN, and we're alongside of US, UFC on DraftKings. So they will promote uh, the PFL, our season, our fighters, our events to drive tune-in and engagement on their channels and our channels, as well as you know, drive, uh, drive uh, you know, betting engagement through innovative, creative opportunities that don't exist with our competitors. So now fans with DraftKings and the PFL, MMA fans, uh, can only on the PFL um, bet on future bets, like who will win the playoffs or the championship. Can't do that with, with our competitors, uh, you know, number one. And two, as I talked about that smart cage data, it now creates new experiences throughout fight night for the betting enthusiasts in MMA, betting in top strike speed of the night, of the fight, of the round, or kick speed. So um, we are fueling innovation and partnering with, with the leader. The DraftKings will help us grow the league for sure. Hey, Peter, it's Mike up in Boston. Um, so give me, can you expand on that, on the, uh, the prop bets while the, the bout is going on, the match is going on, like you said, punch speed. What are some of the other unique uh, prop bets that, that could happen that you could bet on during a, a match? Uh, well, we're working with DraftKings, as I mentioned earlier. You, know, you have standard bets, you have future bets, and uh, you have you know, prop bets. So on, on future bets, we have this opportunity to really leverage the season format. No different than the suite of offerings that DraftKings is executing with the NFL, with the NBA, on outcomes of a regular season, outcomes of a playoff, outcomes of a championship um, um, you know, for you know, favorite teams, and in this case, you know, favorite athletes, so to speak. Uh, so you, you, you'll see uh, an expansive amount of engagement and action on that. And then, as I mentioned, 
smart cage uh, profits leveraging our, our unique data system. And so, Peter, talk to us about sort of the, the the expansion from a global perspective, because I do think that that's something that's that's underappreciated. And as someone who has worked uh, in and around sports for your entire career, I think you understand more than anyone the challenge of becoming a truly global sport. Tell us more about that, because obviously everybody has that ambition. Few are able to achieve it. How do you pull that off, and, and how do you build something that can be a truly global product? Great question. I mean, we're, we're, PFL, we're a, we're a global media organization you know, from out of the game. And starting with our product, half of our fighter roster comes from out, are from outside the U.S., and that's by design. It's highly curated. Uh, this 21 season, we have 22 countries represented on the roster, and that helps us build an affinity uh, with fans in, in, in those markets outside the U.S. Uh, where our fighters come from. So that's number one. Two, distribution. Um, PFL, not only are we distributed uh, uh, here in the U.S. and getting paid for our media rights by uh, a premium partner like ESPN, uh, we have over 30 uh, media deals uh, with some of the top media companies distributing our live product and ancillary product outside the U.S., giving us coverage of the PFL season to uh, so 160 countries. So check, you know, check the mark on product. Uh, it's uniquely global and international, and it's very much an Olympic-like experience. Two, on distribution, quality distribution partners in sports, uh, the you know, top media networks in the regions and the territories we're distributing, giving us coverage to 160 countries. Other sports properties are challenged with that because their product is uniquely North American. Um, and I would say NFL has its challenges. Yeah. And, 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 and because it's not an Olympic sport, you know, two, it's, it's not executed on the ground. There's, there's sampling of product to stoke distribution. But uh, we will be expanding. So the third point is expanding events starting in 22 um, and staging those events outside the U.S., uh, to further engage fans and, and open up new, new market opportunities. Do you love Elon Musk? Do you hate Elon Musk? Do you have no idea what to think about Elon Musk? Then we have just a show for you. He's become even more larger than life. Buying Twitter doesn't get us closer to Mars. They are like really close to the edge of like everything falling apart. Like, oh, Elon, I volunteer, put a chip in my brain. Each week on this podcast, we'll break down, analyze, and debate the most important stories on Musk and his empire. It's all one big universe. You just work for Elon Inc. From Bloomberg Businessweek, this is Elon Inc. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. I want to go back to something you said earlier about the, the youth of the audience. And as a geezer, my, my young son schooled me. We were, we were playing games, board games over the weekend. And as we're playing the board games, both of my sons are on their cell phones and they're trying to follow the fight that's going on. I said, you know, well, what about the baseball game? And, and of course, they said, okay, old man, here's some Geritol for you. <laughs> and my point is, this is the whole evolution of this sport that you have that youth. How can this sport reach out to to old man Geritol Barr and and 
come into this sport and become a bigger fan? No, hey, that's a that's a great question, and, not, and MMA just uh, doesn't only appeal to that youth demo. And we we have such a solid uh, males, eighteen to thirty four, is, is really the sweet spot. But more broadly, how do you turn on what I would call casual fans of MMA? It's the sports season format, and you know, I'll go back to zeitgeist. You know, the word that was thrown around earlier. You cannot turn on a media platform on ESPN, any platform, whether it's linear, digital. You know, you're going on, on online without getting literally hit, you know, no pun intended, with MMA action, you know, previews, highlights, and, and live product. And so the, the casual fan wants to get involved. How do they get involved? And because professionals in our name, because of the principles that we have, where it's a, winning, you know, it's a meritocracy for athletes, it's a proven format for the NFL, for NBA. For the EPL, and it's, it's a regular season, it's programmatic, playoffs and championship. So what does that mean? It's easy to follow. It's, you, know, you, 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 you get in on board and follow your favorite teams or athletes, compete, fight their way through. And, and so we believe that this is the format uh, that, frankly, will help grow the sport and bring casual fans on. And, and you know, make no mistake, uh, it, it, it also – is, uh, is an opportunity for that underserved, avid MMA fan base because they're looking for access to more quality MMA. They don't have that today. You think about basketball. Basketball fans, 6,000 games with the NBA and NCAA product. 6,000, okay? In, in MMA today with UFC, PFL now is number two, and I'll include Bellator, and that's, there's only 70 events, global events. Mind-blowing. Hmm. So, you know, this fan uh, and fights don't have to be just on Saturday night, you know, a pay-per-view transaction or uh, a one-off on linear. Well, there's seven days of the week, right, and, and 12 months of the year uh, where they want access to consume and engage quality content. And my partners and I, and we, we, there's a lot of copycat product around the world to, you know, uh, our competitors, which is based on an old boxing model. And so we looked at the space, you know, as, as a challenger brand, a disruptor, we solve things. We're good listeners. So, you know, we, we talk to the athlete. What kind of alternative are you looking for? We talk to distribution and media. We talk to fans. And that's how we develop you know, this, this PFL format and model and, and, and why it's so successful. And, and what I could tell you for the athlete, you know, PFL, we, we, we have top athletes in the world. Uh, we've proven that we create stars. So in this season, 2021, fans are going to get to see Kayla Harrison, who is the number three MMA um, uh, woman professional in the world. Uh, she's the number one in the w- uh, women's 155 weight class. She's 8-0. Uh, she's a champion. And by the way, she's a two-time Olympic gold medalist. She's a great story, and she's great for the sport. And we, we developed Kayla into the sport. Uh, we just recently announced Clarissa Shields, another Olympian, two-time Olympic gold medalist in the U.S. in boxing. She's the only man or woman to do that in U.S. Uh, Olympic history. And she also holds four world title professional belts in boxing. And now... She wants to be a two-sport champion and, and, and compete in both boxing as well as 
uh, MMA and no different than Bo Jackson or Deion Sanders. And that's her goal. And we're creating that opportunity for her and athletes. So we've, we've, we've demonstrated we, we can create stars in the PFL. We're in the, we, we are in the talent game for sure. We've also demonstrated that we can recruit stars. So we just signed Anthony Pettis, who is a pay-per-view needle mover in MMA. He came over from the UFC, and he's in his prime. And he wants to take on the challenge of taking down a new belt, uh, fighting potentially four times over seven months, and, and to uh, take down that million-dollar purse plus the belt. Uh, same thing with Fabrizio Verdum. I call him the Tom Brady of MMA. You know, he's a guy who's 40 years old. He's still banging today, beating the young bucks, and, uh, and still has a lot of fire and game left. And he's come over, and he's literally the greatest heavyweight of all time in MMA. He also came over from the UFC. And then Bellator, we have Bellator's welterweight champion in their face, Rory McDonald. He makes his season debut this year. So what does that tell you? It tells you that fighters are looking for an alternative that they did not have before. And I've, I've been in sports for 25 years, and no matter the sport, whether it's MMA or, or football or soccer or basketball, athletes want three things. Number one, they want to compete against the best competition. Two, they want to compete on the largest stage. And three, they want a clear shot and transparency of what it takes to be champion. And on that third point, no one else offers that other than the PFL. You should talk to MMA athletes. They couldn't tell you what they need to do, uh, you know, competing in other promotions to become champion. (laughs) I don't know how anyone, a professional athlete, uh, manages their career and controls their their fate uh, to a degree. So we offer uniquely that opportunity to athletes. We offer them an opportunity to make more money as well, and as well as, Earn your way. It's really simple. Win in advance. Lose and go home. And it's a fun, you know, narrative as a marketer that you play up and not only you get the athletes to lean in, but you get fans to lean in. I'm proud to say that Kayla Harrison is one of our own up here in greater Boston. Uh, she is, uh, in fact. That's right. Yeah, yeah she's yep. an amazing, amazing human being and uh, an athlete. She really is. Inspiration. So, Peter, what, what's the next step to taking a big bite out of UFC? What's the next step for you? Well, here's the beauty, guys. We don't have to beat the UFC to win. Our business thesis is really simple. There's more room for more than one leader in this sport because of this underserved fan base. But, you know, make no mistake, again, like we're competitors. You know, we're, we're, we're entrepreneurial and uh, we're challengers. So we'll continue to disrupt the space uh, to focus on scale, you know, growing the sport, advancing and growing the sport reimagining it, uh, and scale in the PFL. And, and, and what we'll do that is expanding events. As I mentioned, uh, so in 22, fans can expect um, uh, more expanded events and three live product offerings, so not just our season format events, the regular season, the playoffs, and the championship, but I'm excited about launching a uh, emerging talent division and competition series ushering in the next you know, great stars of the sport. Uh, so we'll be expanding live product with a uh, emerging talent uh, division. And then on top of that, uh, we'll absolutely be in the pay-per-view uh, and the super fight space uh, with, with, with major talent from the PFL and, 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 and other major athletes coming over. 
So next year, fans can expect not just 10 events from the PFL, uh, but we'll, we'll be rolling out uh, at, at, at least 18 events. And then, you know, I would say in the next three years, that'll double. And, and so, you know, what will drive our growth as a business is growing audience and engagement, fueled by expanded events, existing plus expanded events, uh, and leveraging our IP across every uh, uh, vertical of business that's no different than any other major league from um, sponsorship to licensing um, and uh, digital engagement. Peter, as we wrap up here, I wanted to go a little bit deeper on, on something that, that you've talked a little bit about, which is distribution and consumption, especially in this new media landscape. And, and obviously it's top of mind over the past few weeks when your old friends at the NFL signed their record deal that included Amazon, obviously on Thursday nights being a big step forward there. We know that broadcast rights is underneath this uh, massive controversy we're seeing in Europe this week around yeah. the proposed Super League and then maybe a, a rebooted Champions League if, if the Super League doesn't come about. What have you learned in terms of the new world of distribution and, and media consumption that, that you're applying in, in real time to, to this league? Yeah, I, a great question. And, and we are a media company. And that is the number one driver of our overall business domestically and internationally. So, you know, you touched on it, the NFL. I mean, sports is the most valuable content in IP, period. And, and that is going to continue to grow. And MMA is a massive market, and it's an underserved consumer. And these consumers or viewers or fans represent new, uh, new, new users or viewers to media companies' platforms. And, and what I could tell you, what I'm also excited about, about the media landscape today and the disruption that's happening with linear and digital and DTC, we've just doubled down in the last three years of media companies vying for quality sports rights, right? In the last three years, yeah. there are now more companies vying for live sports rights. And so what we've created, because of the dynamics now in MMA, and this fan base, um, and now our product, there's MMA envy. Uh, you know, in the United States, MMA quality is really on only two major media networks. And, you know, but, and we're excited to be with ESPN and, and to grow with ESPN, to grow the sport because we're playing a role uh, doing that. But outside the U.S., the, that media dynamic and those competitive dynamics, meaning yeah, you, you have major multiple media companies, linear and digital, in every territory and country outside the U.S., and, they, and there are many who are um, left on the sideline because our competitors are exclusive with one media company. So now we roll in with a premium quality product that, by the way, outside the U.S., built like soccer, regular season playoff and a championship. And so, we, you know, that there's MMA envy, you know, sports most valuable rights. MMA represents new growth, new younger viewers and consumers. And now media companies, have an alternative as well if they were left on the sideline. Um, so, and, and, we're, and that's why the PFL is poised to grow. Well, Peter, we really enjoyed uh, catching up with you. So much going on, and, and hope we can 
continue to keep in touch because it feels like every day there's something new coming out of you guys. Clearly, the ambition uh, is is deep and wide and, and global, as you said. So we really appreciate the time and uh, look forward to it. Uh, thank you, Jason. Thanks, Mike. Michael. Look forward to, to uh, staying in touch and uh, hope to have you out to an event sometime. Love it. Oh, thank you, sir. And by the way, we should mention the uh, PFL MMA 2021 season premieres this Friday in primetime across ESPN networks and streaming platforms. This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast. I'm Michael Barr. You can follow me on Twitter at Big Bar Sports. And I'm Mike Lynch. You can follow me at LynchyWCVB. And I'm Jason Kelly. Follow me on Twitter at Jason Kelly News. We're here each and every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday exploring the world of money and sports. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio around the world and online wherever you get your podcasts. Osage County, Oklahoma is getting a lot of attention right now. It's the setting of Martin Scorsese's latest film, Killers of the Flower Moon. The movie's based on a book about the 1920s Osage murders, when white men poured into Osage County and killed Osage people for their oil wealth. I'm Rachel Adams Heard, the host of In Trust, a podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartMedia. For over a year, I was reporting a different story about other ways white people got Osage land and wealth and how a prominent ranching family in Osage County became one of the biggest landowners here. Their ranching empire was built on land that at the turn of the century was all owned by the Osage Nation. So how'd they get it? Listen to the award-winning podcast, In Trust, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.